This is an episode of the Lake of Rage Radio. Bites! Hey, welcome back to the Lake of Rage Radio podcast. You've got me, Jake, here. And I'm Brandon. And uh, Travis is unfortunately not with us again on this Sounds podcast. Sounds like he died. He's no longer with Travis us. Travis is no longer with us. Uh, play a little sad violin for him. But no, um, he got called out to work last minute. But he did want to send his thoughts on the Generation 8 trailer. Um, they pretty much just sum up to... I really like all the starters, which I think we can both agree to. More or less. More or less. Uh, more or less. That's pretty much just the lurge tagline at this point. I don't know. More, more or less. less. <laughs> <laughs> all right. But uh, that's the topic for this episode. We're going to be discussing uh, Pokemon Generation 8. We're going to discuss the trailer. We're going to look at the map a little bit. Um, if you're listening to this on SoundCloud, it's going to be a little bit more difficult for you to see the stuff we're pointing out. But in the actual YouTube video, I'll make sure to put some some pictures on the, the screen for you to look at. I have to do some actual editing and not just put a static picture up there this time, which could be wow. dangerous. Wow. 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 God damn it, Owen Wilson. Where's my Owen Wilson Pokemon? Trainer. Uh, or just Pokemon. No, just Pokemon. I don't know. I think that's too powerful. <laughs> I think that they like they had to cut it for balancing reasons in the Gen 2 games. Or 3. No, Owen Wilson's definitely a Gen 3 Pokemon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why that makes sense, but it kind of But does. it really does. No, so I think, honestly, just launching straight into it... Um, what are your initial thoughts just on the, the trailer as a whole? Oh, aesthetically, I love pretty much everything about it. The region is beautiful. Honestly, uh, one of the most beautiful regions I think we've seen in any game. I really, really dig the color scheme of everything. Like, there's a, You get a real temperate feel for it just because of like the overall atmosphere of the temperature and everything like that, of the colors. I think they do a great job of that. Do you have any specific, like, I don't know. I don't know. It looks like we're going to get a really big selection of, like, environments. Um, Surprisingly, considering England is honestly not that varied in environments. Yeah. That, not we've to got, say they don't have varied environments, but, you know. We've got some sort of uh, river basis. We've got lakes. We've got forests. We've got cities. we've got we've got lakes. We've got rivers. It's everything I care about. Um, if you think about, what about like, oceans? Oh, those are pretty good. They're basically just big lakes, though. You think about it, um, and we like, right. ignore a lot of other features. But uh, there's also a lot of like what seems to be steam-powered stuff in the in that, city. Yeah, and, and steam city. is also water. That's true. Um, um, but yeah, between like the desert, the forests, these like rolling hillsides, fields. Fun rivers, fact: there lakes. is actually a desert in England. It's just a very small. It's like a salt desert. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, and then the cityscape, like all of this combined, makes it one of the more like aesthetically pleasing. Not just aesthetically pleasing, but like one of the more varied regions. I'd say the only one that still seems like possibly more, like more extreme in its environment is probably Generation Four, which you were just all over the place. I suppose you had like a huge range of like. I think maybe less, definitely less than this game, though. I would argue because I'm replaying through Platinum right now. And I'm not seeing, like, a whole lot of different stuff. There's definitely, like, the big marshland, which, man, I hope that that middle part of the map is a marshland. A fen, a moor, whatever you want to call it. A bog? A bog, yeah. Oh, man, I want a peat Pokemon. One, one might even call it a swamp. A swamp, a marsh, a bog? 
mean, the fun fact is they're not all interchangeable words. Hmm. No, but you still might call it it. You might. You'd be wrong. No, um, one of the biggest things that I love about this game, um, which you don't see in every Pokemon game, um, but you do see it in some, is the significant amount of lived-in-ness of this game. This game doesn't look like it is brand new or anything like that. It, or not By brand new, I mean the the architecture of the region isn't just... It doesn't all have a new set of spick and span on no, its paint. No, I love it. There's rust, there's uh, plant overgrowth, things are like pocked and speckled all over the place. It's awesome overall. It's just aesthetically pleasing. Honestly, my biggest complaint about the entire thing is uh, the logos look kind of dumb. Yeah. I... Like, it's not to say that, like, every logo has been a super, like, beautiful masterpiece of balance and design, but... No. It's just a sword and a shield with a wolf-looking head. Yeah. Speaking of wolf... (laughs) You gotta get our requisite Wolf Glick reference in here. Yeah, no, trust me, I've got the paper out in front of me, I've keeping tally, we're still scheduled to hit, like, three more for our quota. That makes sense. I don't know if you saw the, the Twitter image somebody had actually posted of Wolf Glick's head on top of both of the wolf logos and they're like oh my god i can't believe they used mr pokemon's face on these or whatever something along those lines that's pretty good it's pretty good pretty good now uh overall though uh just like very basically this region looks beautiful i can honestly see this possibly even edging out johto as my favorite region already just initially looking at this that's really premature and i'm also really excited for this too so i could be a lot of that talking but Man, this region just looks... There's definitely nothing but potential with what I'm seeing. No, nothing. Like, I can't even imagine this going badly. (laughs) I mean, it can. It can definitely go terribly. But, like, man, they have done a really good job of showing everything off. Um, I think just the wheelbarrows, Brandon. I can't believe you didn't bring it up. I was trying to, to, like, edge you into it, but, like... So this is kind of a weird... um... I guess, observation on it. Throughout the trailer, <laughs> just like we were watching it a couple times and we were noticing all... There's, there's a lot of like little details that are added to the environment that just make it pop. It really shows that they put a lot of work into it. There's, no, that's one of the things... I apologize to cut you off there, but that's one of the things I love about um, like the Pokemon games is, is the small details, the small world building stuff that they put in there. Like those are those little pieces of love in the game that you feel those people actually really care about the product they're making. Mm-hmm. Even if you don't end up liking it, it's a fantastic product for that reason. Yeah, Continue. So, so a, a, a weird observation about it was, was over the course of the trailer, we see th- three separate wheelbarrows. I think we saw your fourth one. No, you're, I think you might be thinking of the card again. That's right. Um, so there's three different wheelbarrows. One of them's just... There's one in the mine. Oh, I guess. So there's a fourth one. Okay. But each of these wheelbarrows actually has, like, different contents in it. One of them's empty. One of them's overturned. One of them's got, like, uh, a shovel in it. One of them's got... Pickaxes and junk. Pickaxes. And one of, there might be actually another one with mulch and stuff in it. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. There's a... Yeah, but, like, just those little bits. Where they're all... Like, it's not just the same base asset reuse. Like, they'll implemented in new and unique ways yeah no and the other interesting thing about that is honestly where you have it paused on the screen where the female um trainer walks out of her house and just the different amounts of like potted plants that they have in there too they're very varied throughout the entire uh region um you don't see them just reusing the same like this is our flower sprite we're using the flower sprite 
uh, stuff has different uh, different places have different flowers and different plants and stuff mm-hmm. like that, which makes this feel so. There's also a whole much bigger, a huge selection of different foliage and like different types of trees, different bushes, different grass textures. They For were... those of you that don't know, I'm actually an ecologist, and like this kind of stuff, this just blah. like in the the more diverse and realistic your environment is to me the more i just love your game just inherently and this does a a magnificent job of doing that yeah they've even implemented more natural looking um integration with the like the buildings and the environment like there's a lot of like creepers on walls by that you mean creepy vines right yeah not just like minecraft characters that'd be weird not just like minecraft characters the pokemon minecraft crossover yeah so, throughout the trailer, there's a couple other things that like really stand out to me personally. Um, we're going to talk about the map itself in a little bit, like things from there. Yeah, we're actually going to go through it about. pretty much blind, like not blind, but like go through it without having discussed it too much. So you'll get to hear some of our like critical thinking process of that too. Critical thinking makes us sound way smarter than we actually are. But yeah, <laughs> so. One of the things that stood out to me most throughout basically the um, the trailer is when the characters are moving around, it always feels like, I don't know how to say this, I guess. Um, yeah, I don't know how to say it. It feels real, feels lived in, feels open. This game feels incredibly open. Like, yeah. obviously it's not going to be an open world game, but there's so much more room clearly to explore and move around um i i mean i just absolutely adore everything about this game already or just this trailer i should probably say yeah specifically i think part of it is maybe what i was really trying to get at is the character model and like these overworld sprites never feel like they clash a lot no 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 i agree and it it feels really homogenous. Like the characters walk animation, everything feels a lot smoother and more, I guess, natural to the environment than it has in the past. Yeah, I agree. Now, the other thing that is really important to notice is um, the characters have um, like shifting animations when they're standing still and their faces change. So your character walks out of the their house and they like shield their eyes, they their mouth and face move. They have different expressions when they're going into battle. Uh they have different expressions during battle, which I know is a big thing during um Pokemon uh Sun and Moon and Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon. I don't know why it was meant the Gen 7 games is that your character just has kind of a deadpan sort of smile on their face that just looks like glazed over glass, like they're just not there. That is not the case in this game. And I love that. Also, we do see in one of the screens that your character is able to sneak in tall grass again, which was honestly one of the best features they added to a Pokemon game, sneaking, in my opinion, um, from Gen 6, the Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire remakes. Fantastic. Like, mm-hmm. reintroduction of that mechanic. Um, so another thing, going back to like how the character, like the models all integrate, they've also added, like, if your character seems to be running on something that's like a dirt path or through the snow, they add like little puffs coming up from the back of their feet as yeah. you move. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
It's just a lot of like the minute details, and I like it. The devil's in the details, and I'd sell my soul to the devil for this game, <laughs> or just in general. He probably pays pretty well. Actually, that's kind of the whole shtick, isn't it? Yes, sixty dollars for my soul, hot diggity! You know what I can buy with that? Pokemon Shield and Sword versions. Well, one of them. One. Well, yeah. Well, I'll pay the other one. That way, I don't have to buy two. Yeah. No. So, how do you feel about like the introductory character models that we've seen? Just Fantastic. Some, so, like, we've seen, like, Alas, we've seen both the protagonists. And then the, what appears to probably be a youngster who's, yeah, the, the character models are amazing. Um, this is one of the first times where I look at the opening characters' designs, like, their clothing, and go, yeah, no, I could see me not wanting to change that costume. Or, like, just wanting to change it just a little bit. Um, in Sun and Moon, honestly, I felt like I didn't have enough customizable like character options where I liked them. And honest to God, in um, Pokemon X and Y, there were some cool options, but a lot of them looked so out of touch and with like what fashion actually looks like, in all honesty, or even just like popular fashion looks like. Yeah. And in this game, those two characters, the female and male protagonist, are... Relatively modern fashion. It's yeah, no. They look like people who, if I walked outside and I saw them walking down the street, I wouldn't go, "Yeah, that's weird." Other than the guy's backpack, which interestingly enough is the same kind of backpack that Professor Rowan wears in Pokemon uh, Diamond, Pearl, and Platinum. Is that relevant? Probably not. Maybe, but it's just cool that you can have like that stylized a backpack in this game. Like I love that, like the big chest backpack. It's so cool. Mm-hmm. One thing that's been of just bliss giving is uh, the memes that have popped up about the female trainer being Scottish. I love it. Uh, all of her, like, she's just an angry Scottish girl using terrible language, swearing, drinking. Um, I saw one where it was just like, my mom's my mom's mad at me for being an all-star Pokemon trainer. It's not my fault that I'm out there uh, shagging nines and doing lines and you're at home making a lasagna. And it's just like, God. I'm not even going to try to do the bad Scottish accent that I have because um, I feel like that's just just a nightmare. But boy, I, I endless, endless joy. Uh, I can only see like throughout this entire uh, uh, spoiler season only better stuff coming like you're gonna see like the evil teams and your rivals and gym leaders and stuff like that starting to get revealed and this character like this character that the like the zeitgeist of the pokemon community has come up with around the player character female is just gonna be amazing on a a side note i did see some um arguments for names for them where the boy's name is ken and the girl's name is shira um, both are like Japanese versions of the words for sword and shield, if I remember correctly. Um, so for ease of conversation, it might be fair to, to mm. just call them that, but I'm um, just going to call them female protag and male protag for now. Yeah, until we get the more official names. Yeah, yeah that's totally fair. But I think uh, we've really avoided discussing the real, the biggest part of this trailer, in all honesty, which is the starter Pokemon. Uh, so I think that's the best thing to go into next. How do you feel about them? Um, so I guess we can probably, do you want to just do an overview and then go into like what we think about each one specifically? Yeah, I think that's fine. Uh, I'm, I like them all. 
Absolutely. Um, no, this is maybe the first gen in a long time where I look at all three starters and I say, yeah, I could choose that Pokemon as my starter and not be like, man, I really should have gotten a better starter. Like, I'm predisposed against fire types, so I've got a bit of a bias there, but... Fair. Like, I'm still... I don't know. Like, the only one I'm a little personally iffy on is Scorbunny. Not to say that I don't like it, it's just that it's one I definitely couldn't see myself picking. Um, maybe depending on how the evolutions go, because, like, the evolutions have changed my mind before. I yeah. sometimes pick the fire starter, but I, I'm very likely leaning towards Sobble at the moment. Personally, I did realize that the only time I have deviated from the water or grass starters is in Gen 2. Uh, but I've only ever picked the fire starter in Gen 2. Um, that's not to say, like, I don't like Charmander or I don't like... Uh... Trying to have another fire starter? <laughs> <laughs> Tepping. No, I was just skipping ahead of Torchic. Like, I like Torchic, but the rest of Torchic's line, I honestly don't... I don't hate them, but I just don't like them. Like, in all honesty, I have the Event Torchic that you got from Pokemon X and Y, and I have it leveled to 100 in the Cherish Ball. <laughs> because I love Torchic. Torchic's one of the most adorable Pokemon, in all honesty, to me. But, like, Combuskin is just gawky, and Blaziken, I know a lot of people really like that design, but to me it just falls really short of something that I would personally like to use. So, if I ever want to play Little Cup, I have, like, a Speed Boost Torchic. Which is probably banned, in all honesty. Because, Quite likely. But still. Um, no, I mean... Man, this game is just going to be a good yeah, time. Grookey's pretty cool, too. Um, I like Grookey. So, I suppose we just can go into like some of our observations about the starters. We'll start with Grookey, go grass, water, fire. Yeah, sounds fine to me. Yeah. So, Grookey... Um, or is it grass, fire, water? It's grass, fire, water, usually, yeah. in the normal order. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Venusaur, Charizard, Blastoise, yeah. Yep. So, um, so, Grookey, the grass monkey Pokemon... Introduced, he... We just see... Um, and, like, show up and start pounding this wooden double up against a rock. Yeah, like a stick against a rock. Um, Which is like, a common behavior in apes. So you're going to hear me do a lot of um, animal science stuff in here, because that's, like, my, my shtick, uh, honestly, in real life, is I just know a lot about biology and stuff like that, henceforth the, the major and whatnot. But, um, so, like, that's a common thing for, like, apes to do, especially higher primates, um, is to um, use like wooden tools to make noise uh so that's really i don't know for me that was like really cool and i immediately noticed i was like hey cool mm -hmm. um it's i really like the double that it puts in between it's like i guess leafy hair kind of thing it's reminiscent of like cavemen yeah that whole sort of like think back to like pebbles and bam bam from flintstones how they have the little uh bone up tied up in their hair which i think is going to be relevant because um arguably arguably the theme surrounding... So there's been a, a hypothetical theme surrounding every single starter. And the one for grass-type starters is usually that it is like a prehistoric or like previously evolved animal. So you could like look at that. For instance, Snivy um, is one of the ones that I hear a lot of people are like, no, I don't think so. But Snivy is a snake that starts out with arms and legs and slowly loses them. Like showing the evolutionary path um, of those animals and stuff like that, which I think is just really cool. Um, so if we're going to do a monkey grass type starter and we have one that's starting off with tools, I think we're possibly going to see sort of the, like the classic ascent of man sort of thing into like maybe a full on caveman Pokemon. Um, it would definitely be an interesting take. It might not be too. Like I'd be totally fine if it doesn't, but it might push it a little hard against, uh, like the Catholic schools that still don't like Pokemon. 
Yeah, but I mean, like, they've never really liked the word evolution, so not really. You're not really trying to to vie for their affection. Yeah, at all, you're not. They're not really your market anymore. Uh, but no, I think that this Pokemon has a lot of cool um, design options. I can see if it does end up having a secondary typing um, when it's finally evolved. I can see fighting as a possibility, though not very likely. The what screams out to me honestly is ground initially. Just I, I the soil colored hands kind of really scream that out to me. Um, but maybe maybe not. I could see rock because he's using tools and like it gets stone tools. Yeah, stone tools. Sort of plus thing. like he's introduced banging on the rock. Yeah, that too. Um, Alternatively, honestly, if all these starters ended up being monotype at the end, rad. Uh, again, I, every single generation, I always have the... You know what would be really cool is if the final evolutions of these Pokemon had a branching path. That'll probably never happen, but still. Yeah. So, uh, moving on next is Scorebunny, which is... As you might have guessed from the name, if you haven't seen it yet, Scorch Rabbit, Scorch Bunny. Um... It's just this little uh, springy-looking fella. I don't know how else to really describe him. Uh, he's he's a rabbit who stands on the side's legs, and he's he's just really he's just really cute. Honestly, I I initially was like, oh, this is my least favorite, but he's definitely my second favorite one now. Um, I like him more than Grookey now. Uh, again, I don't dislike any of these Pokemon. Like, if I was doing a Nuzlocke of this game and I had to like randomly choose a starter, I wouldn't be upset with having any of these as my starter. I can't say the same for other generations, but like, he's adorable. I love him. He's, he's, his little feet start on fire, and he starts fires with those. I see a lot of people really worried that this is going to be another fire-fighting type Pokemon starter. Yeah, the vibes I get from that are it's shown like this very dynamic kind of running around entry into the, like the cinematic, and it's got like the bandage-looking thing on its nose. Yeah, really reminiscent of like Maylene from uh, the Gen 4 games where she has that on her nose. But, um, I mean, like, it's it's totally possible it is. And if it is, in all honesty, a rabbit is probably one of the most, like, logical firefighting type Pokemon combinations. Honestly, way more logical than Embor. Like, honestly, Embor should have probably ended up being, like, dark or I don't know. ground. Ground like, is the big one for me, that I think. Whenever they do a firefighting type, it's, like, a different martial art. Yeah, that's true. So I could see this one being like judo. Or maybe not judo. Which one? What's the one with kicks? Kickboxing? Maybe. Who knows? That could just be it. But there's I mean, like there's a, a lot of different there's things. A, the Krav Maga Pokemon. <laughs> no, but... um, No, I really... I, I actually think he's really cute. Um, this is definitely your physical attacker of the, the group, though. Also probably the fastest one. Yeah, um... This is one where I've seen a whole lot of different theories on what it can evolve into. Um, it's definitely got the most potential because it almost feels like it's a relatively blank slate as it is. Mm -hmm. It's just kind of got this like bipedal anthropomorphic body shape. Yeah. Which could go in almost any direction. Like personally, and I give this an incredibly low percent chance of happening, I wanted to see it turn into a magician <laughs> and pull itself out of a hat. Is some sort of signature move. He does have the little bow tie on his neck, which, like, that's that's definitely a thing. Um, yeah, but I, I looking at this, I don't really get like a psychic vibe, vibe, which is what I would probably prescribe to a or ascribe to a 
magician. Right. No, a psychic almost guaranteed. I still really think that would be a really cool idea. And I'll honestly like a, a magic rabbit. Um, an alternative. So when I'm looking at his design, what I'm seeing while we're sitting here staring at it is um, the little extra fleck of fur that's coming out of his ear. I just leaned in towards the mic, so that's probably going to spike it a little bit. But um, the little extra fleck of fur coming out of one of his ears, the little nose bandage and the little bow tie actually remind me of a prep school boy less than anything like a fighting type would be. So there's a possibility that that is relevant to its evolutionary path. Could be. I like. I would maybe argue that what people are seeing as an evolutionary into like a firefighting might not be there. I mean, it's uh, fire normal. Honestly, if that ended up being the case, that'd be kind of cool. That'd definitely be interesting. Yeah. Um, alternatively, um, the like for me mainly it's just because of the like um, the kind of goldenrody colored part of his ears and the nose patch. Like, when I first saw it initially, I was like, oh, it's a rabbit, they're fast, like, it's going to be, like, a fire electric type, maybe. Um, my kind of regressed from that uh, opinion a little bit, but I kind of still want to see it, like a fire electric Pokemon that isn't Rotom. But, you know, if it doesn't happen, I'm not going to You know, I'm definitely going to be intrigued to see which path this evolution takes. That's the thing, right? Like, I feel like his pet evolutionary path has one of the biggest... Um, like possibilities out of all these yeah. Pokemon, um, which moves on to the Pokemon that I think we agree has probably the least number of possibilities for its evolution. I, mean, I don't know. I think that that might just be between the two of us. We've gotten a pretty solid theory of where we think it's going, and we're yeah. cutting off other possibilities. A couple of different ones, yeah. But um, so we have Sobble next, I'm... which is our both of our favorites, right? Just yeah. initially, I I love him. He's it's incredibly it seems to be some sort of portmanteau of like sob like sobbing and bubble yeah i'm not super sure on that but that's just my first glance and like grookey is probably like grow monkey yeah it's definitely unky and i wonder what score monkey is score monkey <laughs> score bunny uh is i mean that was the introduction to score bunny yeah it was you're right i'm sorry i ruined the joke it's okay. i just know i reiterated the joke you know the rule of threes in improv no so anyway, Sobble. <laughs> I'm going to cut that. So anyway, Sobble, though. Um, the There are two so, major... Um, it's introduced as the water lizard Pokemon. Right. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, yeah, it's clearly a lizard. I've seen a lot of people call it a tadpole. I've seen a lot of people call it like a newt or something like that, which is like understandable, but it's it's definitely not. My very first impression of it before like I really looked at it was that it was some sort of newt or like axolotl or something. Yeah, that uh, which is totally fair. Uh, my first thought when I saw it actually was that it is a basilisk or a um, what is often referred to as like the Jesus lizard, one of those lizards that run on water because the crest on top of his head is pretty much exactly one of those. On the other hand, he also has a lot of very um, chameleon attributes. The curled up tail, the ability to turn invisible. Um, and yeah, the cinematic the, shows him starting off in like a pool of water, kind of doing what Vaporeon has been seen to do in like, the anime. Yeah, like invisible and stuff like that, and then rematerializing. Yeah. What, um, what kind of set us on this path a little bit is I started looking at like different kind of lizard species found in primarily Europe, not just Great Britain. And there's um, like the common chameleon... Or, can be found in like Spain and some other parts. And I was kind of curious because of the way that Sobble's, I guess, hands and feet are. Kind of have those weird little chameleon hands. Yeah, where it's almost just like 
a set of grippers. Just, yeah, they're grippers. They're grippers. It's like um, if you put all of your fingers together and then like you can only use them as one finger and your thumb. Yeah. That's For kind chameleons, of they like. are uh, two, like two pairs. And two. Yeah. yeah. Which is just like the only thing I can think of when I see Sobble's hands is just how weird chameleons walk and stuff. Yeah. Um, and then we noticed the like the uh, camouflage abilities. Yeah. And then the tail. It, it just sort of kind of makes me think that it's definitely based on some sort of chameleon at first. My only problem with that is every single water star to this point has been a um, has been a, a amphibious or an animal usually associated with water, and chameleons have pretty much zero to do with water yeah which is why basilisk is still it's like so i'm assuming it's kind of a hybridization between the two um honestly i just had this thought now i would love it if this thing evolved into like a water monitor lizard at the end i was thinking about like an iguana at first because marine iguanas yeah. Ooh, that'd be rad oh man man that'd be super cool it definitely seems to be some sort of combination of it two different lizards. It doesn't, in my opinion, it's two different lizards. It doesn't exhibit the characteristics of anything singularly. Singularly? Yeah. But um, where do we... And then we kind of both agree where we think that this is probably going to wind up going. My, like we're hoping. Yeah. My initial thought on this and Brandon's was that it was a going to be a water poison type. And I, me as somebody who loves poison types and Brandon as somebody who loves water types can both agree that this sounds like really cool. No matter what, Brandon wins. This is always going to be a water type. Yeah. But Unless they mix it up real bad. That'd be weird. Their final evolutions are a different typing. Yeah. Um, but I've also seen a cool argument online that it might end up being a water ghost type because of its ability to like go invisible slash intangible. So we don't really know exactly what is all going on with that. And I think that'd be also a really cool option we could go with for it. Um, alternatively, maybe something we haven't thought of, but... Yeah, I don't know if I can get aboard the ghost type thing. It, I think it's... It depends how far they go with it, too. Maybe. Like, it wouldn't... So, like, if they wind up going that route, it's not to say that I'd be upset. But, right. I don't know. I, I got my heart set on this water poison thing. Oh, me too. I, I, I would love this to be a water poison type Pokemon. Um, and I could see them going harder into the chameleon design than the, um water basilisk design but if they go harder into the water basilisk water basilisk design then i think they have the very uh likely chance of having this pokemon becoming a full-on like mythical basilisk yeah that's that's where i was saw it and i kind of thought that it would eventually be going um that or it would be like my original assumption was that somehow it's going to line up being like draconic like turn into a water honestly dragon. yeah if it ends up being a water dragon type too that's a fine that's super cool the only water dragon type we have up to this point is kingdra right and palkia and palkia sorry you're you're right but sometimes i forget palkia is a water type yeah it's reasonable sometimes i forget palkia is a dragon type <laughs> palkia is just like very weird looking yeah but uh, if the thing winds up being poison like if it goes to the route with like a monitor lizard because um, monitor lizards, yeah, are very toxic too. Yeah, like there's a lot of, I guess not actually a lot per se of like poisonous lizards, right? But there's like a um, decent enough amount. You've got Gila monsters and, um, man, I'm the beaded lizards. I was gonna be really mad at myself if I couldn't remember the name of the other version of the Gila monster. 
Um, and then you have monitor lizards, and that's actually it. And then you've also kind of got, like, Komodo dragons, but that's not quite a venom uh, Komodo percent. dragon is actually just the largest type of monitor lizard. Oh, really? Yeah. So hmm. it, they're, yeah. they're, they're it, all the yeah, same Yeah, it's not really a venom so much as it's just uh, Their spit is literally full of so much disgusting bacteria that just one bite will kill you if you don't get it treated. Yeah, it's just like a super, super nasty. <laughs> the other prop, the only thing is... I can't see Sobble turning into a Komodo dragon as awesome as I think that would be. No, but it's more. But if they do, hey, you've got. It's more just to establish the link between lizards and poison. Lizards and poison. Yeah, and also like that's a big thing. As a side note, I do want to say that I really want to see in this generation a poison dragon type based off of like the Saint George and the Dragon mythos, where Saint George. used lead to kill a dragon and the dragon like used to like eke out poisonous gas and stuff like that it's a it's a british like old thing but just wanted to say because i think it'd be cool i don't think it'll happen but it'd be cool also i just want to see more poison type pokemon that's just it yeah we do only have the one poison dragon so yeah it'd be cool to get a second one dragality's neat but definitely uh very slow (laughs) So get like base forty speed, I want to yeah. say, or something like that. I'm definitely expecting to see some very interesting, like European dragon designs. I mean, cutting a little bit ahead here, if you look at the top of the map, the big walled city at the top of the map is actually a uh, has a giant dragon head on the front of it. Um, and actually, there's some bulwarks. I think that's the word I'm looking for here, like stalwarts, uh, that make it look like wings on the sides there. Oh, I can so kind of see what you're talking so about. So you have yeah. a dragon head right here. Uh, man, me pointing at the screen is not helping the listeners, but there's a dragon head at the front of the gates, and then if you look at it, the top spire looks like the tail, and then uh, you've got the wings on the sides. Yeah, I can definitely see that. Yeah, I really like that. Um, that's probably where the dragon gym will be. Uh, that's the other thing I guess we can launch into real quick here is Pokemon gyms are finally back. They confirmed that in the trailer. Um and we've pretty much guaranteed seen a Pokemon gym, at least in the trailer, that is a grass-type gym. But there's something a little bit weird about it. Uh, it's got a new logo outside of it instead of the traditional Pokemon Center or Pokemon gym logo, which is like the weird Pokeball with the spike coming off of it. Mm-hmm. Um, this one instead has sort of a red and blue, almost like yin-yang's like Nike-esque symbol on it, um, which is also appears in the logo of the Japanese games. And over the last several games, the kind of quote-unquote gimmick of the Pokemon game, so like Mega Evolution, um, Z Moves, and the whole Necrozma storyline, those image representations appear in the um, in the uh, Japanese titles. And so people are assuming that this is the gimmick. I would go ahead and assume with them. So there's something special about the gyms in this region, aside from just being Pokemon gyms again. And we do see the inside of the gym. It actually looks like a giant soccer stadium. You see like hundreds of thousands, hundreds to thousands of people in the stands, um, like cheering for you and or the gym leader. And um, your char- the character model also walks out wearing a full-on soccer jersey, which is interesting. Um, don't quite know like what's weird or what's special about this. And honestly, I feel like it's, Maybe not necessarily worth it to speculate too much. Yeah, I don't know if that's... You're going to be wearing the jersey for every single gym battle or if that's just a particular thing. 
Yeah, like that's just a clothing option that you can do. Yeah. In all honesty, that possibly could just straight up be it. But and that could honestly be something they threw in there just to kind of throw off the scent for people to be kind of confused by. Mm-hmm. But the um, other big, like the only concept I had, so I saw a couple of people discuss how like they had the idea of like the fans cheering you on and maybe and maybe like buffing or debuffing you um, during the the gym battle, depending on like how cool the battle was, quote unquote. Um, sort of like a fusion between Pokemon contests and Pokemon gyms, which I think is an interesting idea and would bring in a reason to have like Pokemon contest stats come back. Yeah. Something I came up with is what if, because this is such a bigger game, um, you can go around the city and do sort of like mini side quests um, and get your name out there so that people in the city are like, oh yeah, I remember that kid. That kid helped my grandpa um, find his lost Growlithe or something like that. Don't you hate when your grandpa loses Growlithe? <laughs> Grandpa's gone and lost his Growlithe. That sounds like a euphemism for like, like a crazy old person. So it sounds like something. I don't know yeah. what it would mean, but he's a few growls short of a police force. <laughs> but um, and so like if you do that and you do all those mini missions, they'll like help buff your character in the upcoming Pokemon battle, or like even out the buffs between you and the gym leader. So you're like you're cheered on more. I think that's an interesting concept. Keep in mind that is entirely speculative, and nothing about that is oh yeah probably going to happen. But just a concept there's a lot of rumors going around that people think there's a possible second region thing there's always rumors going around that people think there's going to be a second region thing but i don't know if your point to playing the main campaign of the pokemon game is to be able to explore and look at every nook and cranny see all the small details that pokemon puts into things see the world uh that they have like crafted and built and stuff like that this game is gonna blow you away from what i can tell yeah I think that pretty much covers our response and like our observations from the first big info dump that we got. Yeah. Think there's anything we want to ride out on, or does think that covers most of it? We're considering doing smaller, like twenty to thirty minute, maybe even less than that, um, bits on like big news stories that come out that we don't aren't really worth doing a full podcast on, or just small ideas or topics for a week, and referring to those as Lake of Rage Radio bites. Um, more on that later. Um, also there's probably likely going to be more videos that aren't podcasts on the YouTube channel battles and that kind of stuff coming in the the future. So look forward to that kind of stuff. Travis isn't dead. We swear his body is not stuffed in like a closet or something somewhere. We a hundred percent promise he will most likely return to podcasts eventually maybe a little bit more sparingly for the moving forward it will probably be me and brandon um doing podcasts for the most part that covers the social media and like logistics part of uh updating you so other than uh soundcloud and youtube you can find me on twitter at at jacob Joto and brandon at armchair robot